0: I just want to say one thing that Pastor Tim had already touched on. The world does say that 13 is a bad number. This church from the time it began never was an unusual church. Never. Because you have an unusual pastor. With the unusual and conspicuous anointing. And so I don't care what the world says. This church that God has ordained with the man of God that he has ordained. You have not seen anything yet. The things that are about to take place in this church is going to blow your pastor's mind. It's going to blow yours. Pastor Marshall, I know everybody's already said that. I'm telling you what I've seen years ago. In the spirit I believe it was back in 1992 the Lord showed me you he showed me this church he showed me the men coming to this church he showed me the families coming to this church so I have not seen you have not heard the things that the Lord has in store for what he's gonna do through this church through you unstoppable The message today, the title of this message is is called The Unstoppable Church. Go with me to Acts chapter 12. I'm going to read very quickly because I have a few verses and I want to be faithful to the time. It is 1130. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Acts chapter 12. Let's begin at verse 1. When you have it, say amen. Okay. And it says here, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep them, intended to bring him before the people at the Passover, verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel, as it has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Skip down to verse 14. When he recognized Peter's, when she, being Rhoda, recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, go, tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. An unstoppable church. Can we pray? Father, we thank you and we bless you. We honor you for who you are. Before we can thank you for what you've done, we just want you to know that we honor you today for who you are. You're the great God. You're Jehovah. There's none like you, none equal. There is no successor. You are God all by yourself. You need no assistance. We bless you in this place tonight, this morning. We thank you for these people. We thank you for keeping us for 13 years if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. God, we thank you that you've been with us all the way. And it's yet to come what you're about to do in this place. Now, God, I thank you that as I have this opportunity to minister your word, speak through my mouth, think through my lips, think through my mind, speak through my lips. Let me hear only what you will have me to say. God, we thank you that your people will not only be ones that hear, but be doers of your word. We bless you now. We declare no weapon formed against us will prosper. We cover this time in the blood of Jesus. Satan, we serve notice on you right now. Uh -uh, You will have no, no power, no dominion in this place. We thank you for the victory, Lord. And we will give you all glory and all honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Let me move forward. The book of Acts records many accounts of historical events as it pertains to the beginning of the church. One account was Jesus presenting himself to the disciples as an infallible, undeniable proof of his resurrection. They were reminded of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then on the day of Pentecost, the promise was fulfilled. Souls were being added to the church. Miracles, signs, and wonders were taking place. There was one account where the people were so concerned about what was going on with the church that they said they are doing so much that they have turned the world upside down. That's the way I see christ the church. That's what's going to happen here because your church is going to be one of those churches that's going to be known for doing things and getting it done fast. It's going to move fast. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We talked about um, also in the book of Acts, persecution of the church begins. The name church was first mentioned and the disciples were called Christians. Now, let's say again, unstoppable church. Mm-hmm. Christ centered is an unstoppable church we're going to talk about the different components that requires, that's required for you to have an unstoppable church an unstoppable church has to be a church of prayer an unstoppable church must be a church of prayer a praying church is a church or a force that can't be reckoned with you got to pray. you got to pray without ceasing, not as a corporate body, but individually. Prayer must be one of the components. Let's talk about the different components. I'm going to give you five components that comes with the unstoppable church. Five components, okay? The first one is a persistent enemy, a, un, a persistent enemy, opposition. Herod was one of those people that was determined that he was going to be in charge. He want all the light shine on him. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. And the Bible says in verse 4, I'm sorry, in verse 1, that he had, done, he had killed James. He had killed James. And the Bible says when it pleased the people. See, so he was one of those leaders that pleased the people and not God okay and so when it pleased the people the bible says he proceeded further what did he do to proceed further he went after the leader he went after the pastor if you will turn to your neighbor and say we got to pray for our pastor now somebody may say excuse me somebody may say well we're already praying we're already doing that pastor marshall no, I'm talking about this. It, what I'm talking about is going to take you to another level. When we have n- new level of blessings, new level of favor, new level of miracles, it takes new level of prayer. It can't be the same as usual. So God wants us to go to another level. So it, it is important to know that no matter how successful a church or a people become. There is an enemy. There is an enemy. And see, the enemy will have you to think that, oh, everybody likes us. Everybody loves our church. Everybody loves our pastor. Don't get tricked. Pray. There is opposition. There is an enemy. There is a persistent enemy. Jesus said the thief cometh. He didn't say the thief may come, but the thief cometh to steal to kill and to destroy. And so he proceeded further, Herod did. He went after the leader. In this 13th year, as you go forward, it is important for you to continue and beef it up in covering your pastor, covering the family, covering these pastors, covering these elders, covering your church members. Prayer has got to be a number one component in this church. Herod seized Peter. This is Peter, the one that walked on water. This is the one who dared to do things that nobody else would do. Does that sound familiar? We have a pastor that doesn't mind doing things out of the ordinary. We don't. We have a pastor that doesn't mind being the one that would speak up to Jesus and say things, and sometimes getting his mouth and tr- getting himself in trouble by his mouth. Amen. This is Peter. We're talking about the one that spoke at Pentecost. This is Peter, the one who shadow healed people when he walked by. This is Peter. So the enemy knew who he had. This is Pastor Tim, who the enemy wanted to take. And, um, when he was going to school and not have him to finish school and not have him to do this and get distracted. And the enemy tried to pull him away from his call. So the enemy knows what he has. But scripture, the scripture says, we are hard pressed on every side, but many of the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. They knew who they had by the amount of security that they, they had in the prison. They didn't have one person assigned. The Bible says they had four quads of soldiers. Four, <laughs> four, soldier, four quads of soldiers being 16. So that means that's a, an authoritative person that means we got to really cover this man i don't know what he's going to do i don't know what he's capable of we've heard about him we've heard how christ said it is doing things we've heard how they're doing things in the community we watch how the enemy tried to stop them but they kept going we watch how they moved from a church to a storefront and now to this place we've watched that they're unstoppable So we got to cover them. We got to make sure he doesn't get out. You can always tell when you're a threat by the enemies that come in your life. What about you? You're trying to live right. You're trying to come to church. You're coming to Bible study. We got Bible study now on Wednesday nights. The enemy's trying to attack my family, trying to attack, t- attack me on my job, trying to attack my health, my marriage. Trying to attack my mind. I want to move forward in the business that God has given me. But the enemy is trying to attack me. He's trying to take me out. Why? Because you're a threat to him. You're a threat to him. This is why you, can't be un- you cannot be stoppable. You have to be unstoppable as a person, as a, as a member of this church. So they had all of these guards, all these people, set around Peter. And all of this was just getting it ready. It was a setup for the breakthrough. The things that's going on in your life, don't get discouraged. Don't give up. It's just to get, let the enemy know that this is going to show you that by all of this that you're putting here, that looks impossible, that it's not going to happen this is just going to let you know that when the breakthrough comes, only God's going to get the credit. Only God's going to get the glory. It's just a setup for your breakthrough. Don't worry about all that. Don't worry about it. Scripture says there is no temptation that is common to man. For God makes a way of what? Escape. So, one of the components of an unstoppable church is a persistent enemy. The second component is a praying people, a praying people. Verse 5 says, Peter was kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God by the church. Constant prayer, unstoppable prayer, unending prayer. One of my father's favorite scriptures is the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much so our all, all while trouble is going on the church remained in prayer they're praying behind the scenes pastor's been preaching about following through right we got to follow through when it comes to prayer we got to follow through when it comes to prayer it's the church was praying it wasn't the building the church are the people so the people were praying Have you ever had a situation where you needed a person to pray for you and they told you you they were going to pray for you but you know good and well they weren't going to do it? I'm just going to be real. I'm talking about me, right? You know they weren't going to pray. Or when you told somebody, I'm going to pray for you and that's the last time you thought about it. We have to follow through when it comes to prayer. I had a situation that happened just this week. The Lord put somebody on my mind, and I began to think about them, and I prayed some, but I didn't pray enough, I didn't feel. As an intercessor, we always putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to pray through. We believe that prayer is birthing things in the, in the spirit realm, amen? And so I, this person came to mind, and just yesterday morning while I was in prayer, I got a text from the, the mother of this child to say, hey, I need you to pray for so-and-so-and-so because we had a situation to come up and we're concerned, we're very concerned. And I remember just quickly thinking, I didn't pray, I didn't pray enough. So we have to follow through when it comes. when the Lord puts people on your mind, y'all, you have to pray. How many of you have ever had some? the Lord put people on your mind? Just out of the blue. You may have had a dream You don't dream about this person. I never talked to this person. I'm never even in conversation with this person. But I had a dream. That is the Lord saying, I need you to pray. I need you to intercede. I need you to follow through. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. Not just pray, but turn. Follow through. Amen? So we have a persistent enemy. We have a praying people. Now, what's the other one? We have to be prepared for the answer. Prepare for the answer. Prepare for the breakthrough. Verse 6 through 10 says, When Herod was about to bring Peter out, Peter was sleeping. That didn't quite go together. When Herod was about to bring Peter out in front of the people to try him, he was getting ready to really be judged. He was getting ready to go through something different, so the enemy thought. Peter was sleeping. Sounds familiar. Peter was the one that was with Christ. He was with the disciples. They were in a boat. A storm came. Peter was the one that stepped out and said, "God, Lord, if it be, if it's you, just bid me come." That sounds like a Pastor Tim, right? Lord, if that's you, I'm coming. Everybody else can stay back here, but I'm coming. Peter went to sleep. I believe Peter, being a man of prayer, recognized that. You know what? I'm going to leave this up to the Lord. I'm getting ready to pray. I'm ready to go to sleep. I'm, even though I'm laying between these two soldiers, even though I'm chained, I'm still going to sleep. Jesus went to sleep, and there was a storm coming, and he said, where's your faith? Peace be still. He spoke to the storm. It's something about sleeping in the midst of trouble. It's, a, it's something about having a peace when everybody else is about to lose it. It's something about... Having a peace even when you get an evil report from the doctor because you know the healer. It's something about having peace when you are on your job and it seems like everybody else is losing their job. It's something about that. Why? Because I'm a person of prayer. I have a relationship with him. I have a relationship with the one that can get me out of this prison. I have a relationship with the one who's my provider. I don't care what you all do with this job. I have a relationship with the healer. By his stripes, I'm healed. So I can sleep. I can rest. I can enter into the rest of God. So he was laying in between the two soldiers and guards by the door, and the angel came to deliver him. He sent help in the most impossible situation. The question comes, David asks, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. He answers himself. He encourages himself in the Lord. No matter what it is that you're dealing with, whatever the chains are in your life, whatever the locked gates are in your life, The uncertainty, the court cases that you may have. Test results may come. Financial hardships may come. Got decisions to make. My help comes from the Lord. He will give his angels charge over you. Psalm 91, that's your protection. The angel came and instructed Peter to arise quickly. There are some people in here today. Where the Lord is saying that your change is about to happen quickly. Remember, one of the components of the unstoppable church is to be prepared for the answer. I always say to people, when you ask a question, be prepared for the answer. Because the answer may not come like you think it's going to come. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to be just like Peter. The angel came and said, hey, get up. Get yourself together. And his chains fell off. He had immediate immediate deliverance. His chains fell off. In other words, get prepared to run. Get ready to run. Get ready to be freed. Peter's chains had to come off first because he couldn't stay in that situation any longer. For some of you, Your chains need to come off before you can be removed from a situation. What kind of chains are you talking about? I'm glad you asked. Sometimes the change of your thinking. Negative thinking, negative conversation, negative companionship, chains coming off. When your chains come off of you, you're no longer the same. When you have been freed from something When you are in Christ, you don't want to go back to the same thing. Peter had to be freed first. And then he had to go through the different challenges that he had to go through. What do you mean by that? Not only was he released internally, but he was released into the city. The Bible says that there was, he first went through some guards. They didn't even know. They didn't even know that the angel or Peter had come past them. They didn't know that he was even going past them. Then he came to a gate that was locked, that was open to the city. God is getting ready to unlock some things in your life that's going to cause you to have no limitations. No limitations. However, though, you remember the first thing that has to happen is you have to be free. You can't want something different and do the same thing over and over again. You have to be free. The chains for yourself have to come off. What am I doing that's making me keep going through this vicious cycle? What am I, Who am I ma- around? What am I watching? What am I doing that makes this cycle continue? The chains have to come off you first. Then God starts taking you past your enemies, those that try to hold you back. See, the Lord wouldn't have, Peter couldn't say nothing to the enemy. Some of you, you can't, you got to know your enemy. You got to know your enemy because, see, you can't tell your enemy everything. You can't tell the enemy when God's getting ready to break you through, break you loose. You can't tell him. So they can't know until it's known. Turn to your neighbor and say, "They they can't know until it's known. What do you mean by that? Because they found out the next day after it was was already done. After God had already done the miracle. After the work and the breakthrough had already taken place. Your enemy doesn't need to know until they know. Yeah. So he had to go past the guards and the first and the second ward according to the Bible. There are times when we, um, you may go through some situations. I, I can say this for myself and you, some of you may can agree. Have you ever been through a situation and you thought you was all the way out and you had another hurdle and then you had another hurdle and you had another hurdle? These are the things that was, go- that's what these first and second wars, this is what the Lord said to me. This is what the first and second wars recommend, uh, represented. When you have different hurdles that you have to go through, but you're still on your way out, you're just not quite out yet. This is why it's important for you to pray through. This is why you have to be unstoppable. This is why you can't give up. When you get to this first word, you say, "Oh gosh, I thought, it was, thought this was over." I thought I was gonna get the, I thought I was going to get the um, promotion. I thought I was done with chemo. I thought I was done with my husband cheating on me. I thought I was done with that. God says, I'm going to do something else. I'm getting you through this other part of it. Because when you come out of this, you're going to be completely out. This is what this means. Um, for us, as the different wards that he went to, he had to go past guards. He had to go past those those places where it was being protected. And he could He couldn't get past normally, physically. He wouldn't have been able to get past it. But the angel of the Lord took him through, passed through all of that. Now, all of this is going on, and prayer is still going on behind the scenes. The church is still praying. The enemy had a plan to put Peter on trial the next morning. But God. Turn to your neighbor and say, but God. God God is always ahead of your enemy. Know that. He's always ahead of your enemy. Herod thought he was going to do something the next morning. God sent the angel that night. God is weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Just know that God always has a plan. He's very aware of your situation. Pastor Marshall, I don't feel like he is. Oh, yeah, he knows. His timing is absolutely perfect. He knows what you need to get out. God is multifaceted. He's very much aware of what you need. It's not just about getting out, but it's also about breaking through. It's not just about getting out, but it's about breaking through. Amen? So while all of this is going on, God answered their prayers even before the prayers were even finished. Isaiah 65, 24 says, before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. So the gates open on its own. That means nobody got the credit. Nobody had to give the key. Nobody had to jimmy the lock. It opened on its own. Your situation is going to be a situation that nobody's going to get the credit but God. Unstoppable. So he goes to the house where the church had gathered, and they were praying. We said we have a persistent enemy. We have a praying people we're praying and we're preparing for the answer and the breakthrough now we got a praise report peter knew that his breakthrough and his deliverance once he got out of that gate and the angel had left the bible says peter recognized then this is the lord's doing i'm not dreaming this is really happening he probably said to himself is this happening right now yeah this is happening right now god Is the only one that's had to get the glory. So then he went to the house where the saints were praying. Pastor Tim, it's always good to know where the saints are when you're in need. The saints were at the house praying. When you have a church and you have a praying people, those people would gather together and they would pray relentlessly. Pastor Tim, my sister, myself, my other brother, we had a mother that would pray without ceasing. She would go to church at midnight. She would pray with the other mothers of the church. We would make. I would make a big deal because I was like, why are you going to church at midnight? Why are you praying? Why is that necessary? I was doing all of that. There has to be a praying people for it to be an unstoppable church. There must be. It's great to hear that you're all about to embark into your fast. Yeah, it's no coincidence. It's, it's great to hear that you're going to do that. This is a different fast, though, for you. You have to pray without ceasing. This is not about what can I eat, what I can't eat. This is about what God is getting ready to do, not only in this church, but in your own life. How many of you need God to do something unusual? Okay. If you need it, then you could be able to pray and fast. See, fasting is for prayer. Fasting is for prayer. It's not just about I'm going to pray and I'm not going to eat. Fasting ignites your prayers to another level. If you're going to be unstoppable, not only must you pray, but you must fast. Miracles, signs, and wonders to come forth. I'm glad to see Mike here this morning. I've been praying for you. I'm glad to see you here. There are things that you're going that will come up suddenly. You're gonna have to have a church full of praying people. You can always tell when a person has been before the Lord. How can you tell? Because when trouble comes, they don't fall apart. They may be a little concerned. That's human nature. But when, a, when you have a praying people, when you have a person that's constantly praying, what does that mean? I have to go to work. I have to feed my children. I have to feed. I'm not saying that you're constantly 24-7 on your knees. But you live in the spirit of prayer. You're constantly praying and interceding. You think about somebody, you pray. You think about a situation, you pray. You think about your church, and it's the 13th year. You pray. You think about your pastor. You pray. You love on your children, and you appreciate God for your family. And then you think about your pastor. Lord, I'm going to pray for his family. You pray. You go to the hospital, and you see people. My family just finished seeing a lot of people on the different hospital floors just sick. And we take for granted our own health. We complain about even taking medicine for a headache. We complain about the little things that we have to deal with. But you never know about all the people that are sick in their bodies beyond what you can even imagine. So we pray. And when situations come in your life and you are a praying person, God holds you, and he, he protects you, and he shields you, and he gives you a strength and a courage that's beyond control to the point that you know that even though this situation is about to rock my world, I know God, and God's going to keep me. God's going to protect me. God's going to help me. God's going to give me the wisdom. He's going to give me the direction. He's going to tell me what to say when I stand before this judge. He's going to tell me what to do when I don't have enough money. He's going to tell me because I'm one to have a relationship with him. So Peter gets to the house. The saints are praying. And then when he gets there, there's a young lady by the name of Rhoda. Rhoda is standing at the gate. And Peter knocks on the door. He said, hey, it's me. He knew, she knew his voice immediately. But she got so excited because they'd been praying. They'd been believing God. They knew what obstacles they were in front of. They were dealing with Herod. They were dealing with the enemy that would follow through with his words. He had already killed James, and the next morning he was planning to do something with Peter. So they knew the obstacles, but they still played, prayed. They followed through with prayer. They were unstoppable. They continued to pray. She ran in and she said, "Peter's at the door." They were like, "Girl, you're crazy. Peter's not the door. He's not at the door." See, they began to start thinking. Probably, he is inside the jail. There are four squads of soldiers. They got guards outside the door. Can't be. He's chained. I mean, that can't be Peter. You gotta know who you're praying with. They gotta be people of faith. They gotta believe, even when it's a miraculous thing, even if it's suddenly, they gotta believe for the suddenly. They gotta believe for the quickly. They gotta believe for the impossible. You gotta know who's praying with you and for you. And so they were trying to say to her, you don't know what you're talking about. Then Peter knocks and continues to knock. For some of you, your answer has been knocking for a little bit. It's been been knocking. But you didn't realize, is this really God? Is this really God? I was telling a friend of mine the other day, when she was trying to make a decision on something, I said, just let God be great. Let him be great. Is this him? Could he be really doing this for me? Could he really, in the midst of all of my frailties, all of my mistakes, everything I told God that I was going to do and I really didn't do it, could this really be God doing this for me? I've never had a job making this kind of money. I don't know what it is to be loved by somebody because I didn't have that with my family. Could Could God be really giving me a spouse that loves me? Yeah. Let God be great. Let him be great. Just let him be great. And so then Peter kept knocking. And for some of you, you need to answer. The answer's there. Go to it and get it. So there, as Peter kept knocking, here they rejoiced. Peter motioned to them, said, listen, don't, don't go tell James and go tell the other disciples. Because the Bible says that really what he was telling them is, yes, this is a praise report, but we also recognize that they could be in danger. So go let them know. So we have five components. I've given you four. We have a persistent enemy. We have a praying people. We have people that are prepared for the answer when it comes. We just got a praise report knocking at the door. What's the fifth one? We have progress. We have progress. Verse 24 says, but the word of God grew and multiplied. The word of God grew and multiplied. An unstoppable church is a church of progress. It's constantly moving regardless to the obstacles, regardless to the threats, regardless of what it looks like. It is unstoppable, relentless. You are not going to stop this church from moving forth. When God is doing something, you can't stop it. No man can stop it. This is the Lord's church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what God has planned for you, what God has planned for Christ-centered church, what God has planned for Pastor Tim, God's saying, I want you to be an unstoppable church. Why is that important in this day? Because the government doesn't want the church to go forth. You've heard about prayer. I know you did. I know you've heard about prayer before. You probably say, okay, we've heard about prayer. But let me tell you something. Prayer is a power. It is a force that cannot be reckoned with. And when you have an unstoppable church, you have a church that recognizes, first of all, that prayer is important. It is the thing that gets us through. When you're unstoppable, that means that there is possibly something that can stop you. Is that right? And so you have a persistent enemy. So even as the church is growing, as as more programming is taking place, as maybe you're even looking for a new building, whatever it is, the success has come. But don't get tripped up and let the enemy think that uh, after all of this good stuff is going, that there's not an enemy that's trying to come against you. Be a church that's unstoppable. Be a church that's praying without ceasing be a church that's praying for your pastor be a church that's moving forward that's progressing having other churches in other pl- locations be a church that progress be an unstoppable church amen, amen. can we thank the lord for being that i know i didn't have y'all running around the church <laughs> but be unstoppable recognize your persistent enemy Be a praying people. Be prepared for your answer because it's coming. Get ready for your praise report and move forward with your progress. Amen. Can we thank God? Amen.
1: Hey, would you clap your hands and thank the Lord for that word. an unstoppable church I think that could be the name of a church unstoppable church Listen, when I was uh, in the 6th grade at Shepherd Middle School 6th graders couldn't play football. So I was the water boy. I played in 7th grade, but I was a water boy in 6th grade. And one of the cool things in practice we would have the, uh, I think they called it the sled, and it had like four pads on it. And the players would get down and they would hit the pads all together to move the sled. It was the best thing as a trainer to be able to stand on the sled because by myself I couldn't move it But when four linebackers hit it, I could sit on it and the coach would let me ride while they moved it forward. I couldn't move it by myself. But in the position I was in, I didn't even have to try to move it. I could just sit and ride because I had four linebackers who were being developed while I just rode it out. And they were able to move the sled down the field because they worked together. Because they understood the design of it was to build them. And as Pastor Marshall was preaching, I hear that what the Lord is saying to us, there are seasons and moments in our lives where we become the linebackers. There are also seasons that we get on and ride. But either way, we're responsible for getting down the field. And God has sent this word to us today because regardless of what season you're in, whether it's your ride for the next 10 yards, whether you need to be the one pushing for the next 10 or 15 yards, either way, we're going to all get down the field together. So we have a formula here that's helping us move forward. Listen, I'm going to preach this. This is a great great message could be a book but it's a great message it's a great message listen I feel unstoppable I'm going to see Black Panther because I feel how much wisdom is it because we want to hear the good stuff like praise reports and progress But the wisdom is in understanding that there is an enemy that ain't going nowhere. The maturity is also the enemy ain't always external. Sometimes he's internal. The enemy could be the inner me. That's why prayer. Because sometimes you're praying for what the devil is doing. Sometimes you got to pray against what you doing. You know what I'm saying? You got to pray against. Let me pray against my mouth. Let me pray against my attitude. I'm funky today. I done been sitting in that traffic, Lord. I ain't even gonna pray. Lord, just keep my husband's mouth shut. Lord, keep my mouth shut. Leave this attitude, Lord, in the hot car. Let it, when the threshold, when I get through the threshold, let it fall off me. Because today the enemy is in me. And when I understand that, not only am I unstoppable when I know that the devil is busy, but I'm unstoppable when I know that I contribute to the enemy's game plan for my own life. i become unstoppable man that is a powerful message everybody let's stand let's stand